0: Underneath Billy Elliot's tutu, it's the IGN Digitals. Please welcome, won't you, two little Miss Sunshines, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. I've never worn a tutu in my life. Mark,
1: Uh, have you worn a three-three? How about a four-four?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So uh, it's uh, you know a lot of interesting stuff's been going on in the digital world, not necessarily DVD and Blu-ray, but streaming is uh, it, it's it's really interesting. This whole the fact that stars did not renew their contract with Netflix.
1: Did anyone think they would?
0: I don't know, man. I think that's uh, I think that's a really interesting development. I think Netflix is going to face a crossroads momentarily. Which well,
1: they knew it was coming. They knew you know when all these when all these, uh, these rights agreements started. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, expiring,
1: expiring. They knew they were in big trouble because they got they got a lot of those those rights originally. Yeah, all the studios, HBO, the whole lot of them. Yeah, went for I mean, relatively, went for a song. Yeah, because none of these studios had the infrastructure to create their own right streaming service. Yeah, now you know five years later.
0: Here we go. That's it. Well, it's
1: going to start crumbling.
0: It's very interesting.
1: I mean, it's very HBO. Interesting. You know, let's see what happens with HBO.
0: We'll see what happens with Apple TV. I see what happens either. with Google TV. I mean, know, all to these you, things.
1: I'm yeah. not feeling Apple TV. Apple already Apple already did a thing where you could download movie Disney movies for whatever. I I don't know that I'm seeing that.
0: I know a lot of people who love their Apple TV. Really? Yeah, I do.
1: I I, I thing is that Apple's tried to do a lot of Apple TV sort of they they've tried to do for television what they've done so successfully with music with music I but know but they really haven't done a, they have it they it's a different beast it. it's a different beast it is they haven't yeah. cracked it
0: yeah well be you know we got we got a real full show today I got to tell you it's this is the first show in something like three months where I feel like all right. This is what I'm talking about. We got television, we got old movies, we got new movies. We have got we have so many freaking classic movies that are suddenly on Blu-ray this week. It's unbelievable. If you want classic movies on Blu-ray, if you're sitting around going, "When are all my favorite movies going to be on Blu-ray?" You're going to be broke this week. You could easily go out and spend $500 on Blu-rays this week. And 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 honestly, Every single one of them is worth it.
1: So then, what piece of crap DVD will you start with? Oh, by not, the way, should we talk about uh, uh, what we're, what Wade and I are thinking of doing? But we haven't talked about yeah, it. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Gonna, go I'm ahead. Say it anyway.
0: Go ahead. Well, it was. It, it all kind of goes back to an email, which we will read on listener mail uh, probably next show.
1: Well, but hang on for a second. It's yes. funny how you say we're going to read on listener mail, but yes. let's just say we were to say to our listeners, why don't you put your question. Uh, make it into an audio file, email it to us at gods at and then we will play back your question... Uh, And before we answer it,
0: yes. Well, I mean, this all kind of goes to to basically
1: look like a like it'll feel like a radio show.
0: It goes to it. It sort of goes to an email that we got from Walt D in Las Vegas, and uh, I, 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 you know, we don't have time today to to read any listener mail. But uh, you know, he was suggesting that we kind of suggest old movies on a regular basis, and uh, I'm not sure there's there's uh, enough. We'd start repeating ourselves at a certain point. Well, my,
1: my, 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 issue, was, my issue was that I, I would feel like after a while we either, we either run out of genres or repeat ourselves or yeah. reach for John. What romantic comedies that took place during the 70s? And before you know it, it's like, what's a sci-fi film that is old but told people what it would be like in yeah. the year 2000 or whatever? It would just yeah. be too much.
0: Well, anyway, we, but th- there's latitude to do something there. I think it's interesting. So, uh, anyway, yes.
1: Well, from that, From that. for some reason, yes. although one doesn't necessarily dovetail into the other, uh, came the idea instead of reading listener mail, yes. why don't we have people email their questions as an audio file? They record the question and they email it to us. Yeah. And uh, we'll play okay. it. Have at
0: it. Like it's a call in
1: show. Yeah. So, here's what we'd like you to do this is not a contest.
0: Oh, and by the way, new openings. We need new openings. We're about a month away from uh, needing new openings. So send them to gods at New is, openings. We need them.
1: That is true. We, we got plenty so far. Oh, yeah. Also, gods at uh, If you have a question for us, and by the way, we'll know if the question is real. If all you want to do is get yourself on the show and you go, yeah. Is the Godfather a good movie? Sign Steve from Crib Death, Iowa. Yeah. We're not putting that on. Yeah. We're, 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 we're not putting that on the show. No, uh, the no, show. no. But if you got a real question... And you don't give us your life story. Yeah. Anyway, I was, in, I was at school, and my teacher said, what's the name of a good movie? And I don't like my teacher because she has glasses, and I think all the old people have glasses. And her name is Missus Schwartzapple, and I don't know how to spell it. And when <laughs> the first day of school, she said, you have two days to learn how to spell my name because I'm tired of people spelling my name wrong. And I thought, I don't like this lady very much. But then she started talking about movies, and it really made me think, what's a good sci-fi movie? We're not No. We're, we're not playing that audio file. No, no, if not If you have no, a not. question... Just look, you, you guys email us the coolest questions. So yeah. in terms of like emailing it to us, you guys yeah. have great questions. Always thought-provoking, always yeah. interesting. So just read that question into your, wait, what? Your Apple Audio? Whatever it is. Audio Digital Recordo Machine 5000. Yeah, whatever it is. Machine,
0: 5, 000, yeah, whatever and it is.
1: email us the file. And we will play go. that file on the show and then answer your question. So gods at digigods.com. Email us your audio file questions. Yes, we
0: Yes, we can handle all formats. So Mark, you were asking what piece of crap I was going to start the show with. We're going to start with Tyler Perry. Um, And we're going to blow through this real quickly because uh, there's a bunch of Tyler Perry stuff that's uh, out this week from Lionsgate. Lionsgate releases all the Tyler Perry stuff. We've got Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns Season 1, Episodes 1 through 20. Uh, You know, I... uh, Gosh, the Tyler Perry TV stuff is just such a shadow of so many better shows. But you know what? It's branded with his deal and uh, you just stick ty- you could, you could, this could be Tyler Perry presents uh, a lot of uh, you know people just talking and somebody would watch it anyway this is season one of an incredibly mediocre show Tyler Perry's name attached to it makes it golden and then we have both Blu-ray and DVD releases of Tyler Perry's Medea's Big Happy Family now Medea is of course a character that has been enormously popular ever since uh, Tyler Perry incarnated this uh, this this weird cross-vesting transvestite freak Thing. From Transylvania? Yeah, on uh, on stage actually originally, and uh, a lot of very talented people just said, you know what, we're going to attach ourselves to a Tyler Perry movie, and sure enough, so there we go. He you know throws on a wig and a dress and does his whole Medea thing, and I guess it's supposed to be incredibly funny. I don't know, but I don't find it all that funny.
1: I don't uh, find any. I, I, I we've talked about this before. How much we both respect Tyler Perry, and we hate what? Why do you always tell me to put my mouth closer to the mic, but your, your mouth is like eight inches away from the mic.
0: Because uh, you're hard to modulate.
1: Why am I hard to modulate?
0: I don't know. Something about that resonant uh, masculine voice of yours. Too much testosterone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. And then lastly on the Tyler Perry thing is uh, the play collection featuring a laugh to keep from crying. And this is actually not bad. This is why I'm kind of surprised that they don't do more of this because Tyler Perry's stage stuff is actually, it's got, you know, it's got a little edge, and it's got a little sass, and uh, there's, some, there's some decent stuff to this. So, um, I would say, uh, of all of these, really, check out Laugh to Keep from Crying. Uh, Tyler Perry is not in this. It's got a really good cast of people I have never, ever heard of, but I'd like to see more of them. And, uh, you know, this is just, it's, again, it's very much about uh, urban-slash-suburban black family life, the church uh the neighbors the things that uh, the things that just you know sometimes get in the way that shouldn't and uh, I, I thought it was uh, actually it transcended race for me that's beautiful man. that's so beautiful yep
1: all right before we get to the good stuff we have three baseball uh, dvds um the first one is uh, the one i care about the least still a great uh, still a great dvd game 7 of the 1991 world series uh this is um when Jack Morris for the Twins pitched a ten inning shutout, one of the great pitching performances in postseason history. This is the entire game on a DVD, three hours, and it's all there. Uh, we also have uh, Game Six of the 1986 World Series with my beloved Mets, of course. And this, of course, was the uh, Mookie Wilson, Bill Buckner game. And I already have this on DVD, so screw everybody because I've had this for years on DVD. But if you just want just that game, you can always pick up this. And uh, finally, we have uh, baseball's greatest games, uh, 2004 ALCS Game 4. This was the beginning of what I have uh, gone on record as saying is the most embarrassing, considering the history of the teams and the impossibility of the task, the most embarrassing collapse in American sports history. We started with this game where uh, the Yankees were literally uh, uh, one out away from sweeping the Red Sox. And uh, went up losing the whole the and whole they series, wound up losing the whole damn series, and the Red Sox went up winning the World Series. <laughs> that's
0: a, <laughs> so. That's Game Four. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, I am not. A, I, I remember that, and I remember just thinking, "Oh well, better luck next time, Boston." And then, like, like, like a week later, you're like, "Son of a bitch, how did that happen?" And, and
1: the Yankees had won Game Three, like nineteen to eight. Yeah, the Yankees had blown them out in Game like, Three, I, and in Game Four, the Yankees. And here's the thing: Game Four, which is on this DVD, uh, uh, Game Four, the Yankees are winning in the ninth inning. And, of course, who is coming on to close the game? Mr. Automatic, Mariano Rivera.
0: There you go. So
1: you're like, oh, my God, it's over. The Yankees sweep the Red Sox. uh, more, uh, More woe for the Red Sox. Of course, they rally and win it all. Yes,
0: Wade. We're going to do a little foreign stuff here real quickly. uh, Mark, you have a film there I know you're eager to get to because you're a big fan of that, and I'm less so. But I'm first going to recommend that people check out Jackie Chan and Little Big Soldier. This is a Blu-ray DVD combo from Wellgo, who uh, is doing a lot of great martial arts stuff. I mean, they're really bringing the cream of the crop over from Hong Kong. And uh, this is pretty terrific. Now, Jackie Chan is on screens right now, or actually next week, in a movie called Shaolin, uh, which I talked about on radio last week, and uh, you got to check it out. Jackie's got kind of a, a a decent supporting part in it. He's uh, he plays the cook at the Shaolin monastery, but it's got a scene, a fight scene, about an hour into the movie that is to die for. And you know what? Jackie's like he's pushing sixty years old, and he's he's slowed down, but man, he's still doing some great stuff. Uh, and this movie is actually an awful lot of fun. Um, this is set during the um, the, the war period in China, which I know in China that could be like any, any period in the 5,000 years it's all, the country's always at war. But uh, Jackie is actually pretty great in this. He naturally plays, uh, you know his, his usual guy who's in a situation that he doesn't want to be in. and um, it's, it's pretty great. It's, it's, uh, it's really an unusual period epic, and uh, I thought he was terrific. So uh, check it out. Mark, talk to us about this procedural.
1: Uh, Wade and I have differing opinions on uh, this film, which was riding a wave that they called the Romanian New Wave. Yeah. And it started with uh, uh, four months, three weeks, two, two days, days, one yeah. second.
0: Well, actually, it started with uh, Lazarescu.
1: Well, the death of myth. Wait, which came? Did the death of myth come first, or did 432 come first?
0: I think Lazarescu came first.
1: So it was rescue 432, and now Police Adjective. Yeah, and
0: there's a few others in there, too.
1: But the ones that really made. Because Police Adjective did very well at Cannes. Yes, it, it did. It actually won the Grand Jury. It actually won the, uh, the uh, Certain Regard. Now, the Jury Prize is the third best film at Cannes. The Grand Prix. Is the second best film it can? Yes. And the Palm d'Or is the best film it can.
0: Well, they—they you know
1: something like that. Yeah. is is, is that wrong?
0: It, no, sort of. The, the Palm d'Or is the top prize, and then the the um, is the Grand
1: Prix the second. The, the Grand Prix up?
0: is the second, and then the Jury Prize is like the third. But don't worry about it. Okay. It's, it's doesn't it, beyond the Palme d'Or it almost doesn't matter.
1: Uh, anyway, Police Adjective is a very curious and interesting uh, film. It is a Romanian film, and you know, the this film is a. You know, Wade and I just came from Contagion, the Soderbergh film, which we had kind yeah. of mixed feelings about. I, I liked it more than much more than he did. Um, now, that's procedural. Yeah. You want a procedural? Yeah. Watch Police Adjective. Yeah. Police Adjective is a rather long film. Uh, it's well over two hours. Actually, you know, it's only an hour and 15. Well, you don't wait. An hour and 15 minutes? No. Was that its release? Uh,
0: was it's, that its, it's release not a long, It's not a long film. I, but I, the thing is
1: with the film is that in the movie, the cop who's investigating this particular
0: yeah you
1: know minor crime he like sits in his car for like 45 minutes
0: yeah it's true that's all he
1: does yeah I mean literally this guy does nothing but stand around
0: not a lot happens in this movie not
1: a lot happens in the movie which makes the last 20 minutes really interesting because in the film the cop who's investigating this very minor crime winds up in this conversation with his boss about... Who the, is
0: played by the same guy who was the abortionist in 432. Yes. Vlad uh, I, I, Ivanovich or Ivanovich or however you pronounce it. They wind
1: up arguing over Ivanov. the definition of conscious conscience versus justice. Yes. And it's really interesting. That stuff is great. And yeah. the procedural stuff is great, but it, it really will try your patience. Yes. There, th- th- this, is not, uh, this is not Michael Bay time. So I like <laughs> Police adjective. Pulled, I thought. I, I
0: mean, that scene. He like makes him pull out the dictionary and start reading words. Yes, he does. And 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 you know, Bob Kohler took extreme offense to all the jokes that were floating around the room when we voted, because there were people who were saying, you know, maybe you could have read the phone book. There yeah. were there were a lot of jokes floating around the room, and Bob really took umbrage. Anyway, uh, so there's that. You know, uh, here's a here's a foreign language film, and then we're going to move into just unbelievable classic stuff. Now that we've warmed you up you got to see Trollhunter before they remake it, and they are remaking it. You know that? They're remaking Trollhunter. No, they're not. They're doing an English-language remake of Trollhunter. Don't even... Don't. Just don't go there. It'll, it'll have big-budget special effects. and won't be a fraction as good. This has low-rent special effects, though they're pretty good. This is a Norwegian film, and as you know, trolls have a very treasured place in Norwegian lore. Uh, trolls are part of Norwegian mythology, and the idea here is that, um, darn it, there are just these giant and all kinds of oddly-shaped trolls all over Norway, and they're really causing problems. And uh, so you've you got these three college students who um, decide to take their video camera out and uh, see if they can kind of, you know... Get to the bottom of all this, and I got to tell you, it, it's you know they're they're basically trailing a guy whose job it is to track down trolls for the government and to you know put an so end to all these problems. It, it, it's a true story. It, it's it is it is hilarious. It is really really funny. It is it is very clever, very unusual, and you would think that it's just a little too specific to uh, n- to Norwegian culture and lore to actually. Especially when it gets to all this stuff about how they can smell the blood of Christians, it's very funny. It's really a charming film. You can check on Blu-ray. It's good on Blu-ray. It's from Magnet, the uh, Magnolia genre line, but it should have been Magnolia proper. Really fun.
1: See, so sometimes Wade will surprise you. Oh, you know you want to give me that. Oh, oh two of my favorite movies. I'm not <laughs> going to get any of them, are right. I? You're. You're. you're it is. Is me.
0: You're you're ju- you're jumping the gun here. Um, you know what, Sergei Eisenstein, one of the great directors of all time, uh, father of the montage theory, um, the guy who made you know Battleship, Battleship Potemkin. Potemkin among many other great films, also made a great film called Strike. And this is one of those classic kind of uh, communist films because Strike is in fact about a strike, and it goes into Russian history uh, to this very very famous uh, 1903 strike that was. Um, you know, pivotal in sort of, or at least the way the Bolsheviks saw it, it was pivotal in sort of rallying the uh, the early sentiments for uh, communism in Russia. Anyway, this was actually Eisenstein's very first film, and it is dazzling. It is impressive beyond all comprehension. Brand new and spankingly restored by the Cinémathèque de Toulouse. Not the Cinémathèque Française, but the Cinémathèque de Toulouse, Toulouse being a southern French city. Uh, which I didn't even know had a Cinematheque, and I once lived nearby. But this is fabulous. This is from the Kino Lorber line. And, uh, man, it is—you uh, know, unlike a lot of Eisenstein, this film is short. It's only 89 minutes long, made in 1925, and uh, the restoration is spectacular. You can get it on DVD or on Blu-ray. If you don't get it on Blu-ray, you're out of your mind. The DVDs should be sitting on the shelves, and the Blu-rays should be disappearing left and right. Great extras. Uh, Eisenstein and the Revolutionary Spirit, a uh, kind of a half-hour uh, look back from, ni- from uh, 2008. And a uh, thing from 1923 called Gloomov's Diary, which is this, this weird little four-minute experimental film that Eisenstein made in 1923. Um, not that impressive, but just sort of more novel than anything. But you know what? Blu-ray transfer to die for it. To freaking die for it's so good.
1: 1924 way that's it or something like
0: that yeah all right hang on Oh, hold, hold on here let's see uh what else are we gonna get to oh come on look at the oh so we, good okay how, how about how about this
1: uh, fine uh and we, i like that movie we gotta,
0: we gotta mix it up here uh. X-Men First Class. I liked X-Men
1: First Class. Yeah, X-Men First
0: Class. Um, uh, I was really thrilled by this. This didn't do hugely well uh, relative to the way that other X-Men films have performed. I think because the Brett Ratner directed the uh, third film in the previous incarnation was so dreadful, people didn't know what to expect. But this takes you back uh, to the origins of Magneto and, um, you know, Steve Dr. X. <laughs> Dr. Xavier and I thought this was terrific I really did I thought it was absolutely terrific uh, Kevin Bacon overdoes it a little bit as the uh, the baddie in this one but it, it's, it's really interesting just from a, an X-Men lore standpoint this film was absolutely intriguing the Blu-ray is fabulous I, I thank God that they didn't do this thing in 3D it's absolutely terrific and uh, mostly m- middling extras here it's all uh, you know, kind of EPK behind the scenes featurette stuff so nothing that's really going to blow you away it's nice that there's an isolated score track, but it's not that brilliant of a score. A, a deleted and extended scenes, not that fabulous. Um, so, you know, they, they really pile on the extras, but it's, it's, uh, it's milk toast extras. Uh, but you know what? It's a great film, and it looks fabulous on Blu-ray. And I don't say that about all 20th Century Fox stuff. They really seem to save their best engineers for their really good stuff. So, you know, yeah, rock on.
1: Rock on. What you shouldn't rock on is uh, rock on with is Henry's Crime. Now, Keanu Reeves is so rich he can do whatever he wants. So I, I, I you know, I don't know why he does stuff like Henry's Crime. Maybe it, uh, you know, maybe it, uh, whatever. I don't know. But it's an interesting movie because it's sort of, it's uh, it's like a heist film. And it's kind of a romance and there's some comedy in it too. It never 100% really comes together. But um, it's about a. Um, what's it about wait it's about a guy who's uh, accused of something he it's, an, it's uh, another
0: he opportunity to watch keanu reeves not act very well and to watch vera farmiga do her level best and you just sit there and you watch the chasm between their acting skills and you go this is a very uneven movie
1: it really is true uh reeves plays a guy who uh, was wrongly accused of uh, robbing a bank and so he winds up uh you know befriending james Conn, who plays kind of this you know lifer guy and who's in prison and you know, Henry kind of finds uh, his purpose while in prison. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a little bit absurd. It's a little bit fun. The guy who did the film, Mac, uh, Malcolm Venville, did another film, which I think is better, called 44-inch Chest with Ray Winstone. Which is pretty good. Which I like.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but you know what? It, it doesn't it, – I, I don't know that it really mixes the quirkiness with the romance with the high with the stuff. I, I don't really think it really puts it all together. But you know what? It's not a bad try. And I guess you can do a lot worse. Although, sure. Canary's is the worst, man. That sure. just sucks.
0: You know, there's another Russian film, uh, also restored by the Cinematheque de Toulouse. I'll just make this a real uh, quick mention. This is also being released to kind of piggyback on Strike. Uh, it is... It is um, you know what? It, it's an interesting film only because it's not what you would have expected Russian cinema to make during that very politically intense period. Uh, it's called The Cigarette Girl of Prom. Uh, la, 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 la. The Cigarette Girl of Muscle Prom That's like a joke, right? It's like a Yiddish joke it's, uh, it takes, it's, This movie was made in 1924 It is uh, really just a kind of a sweet little romantic comedy And uh, not very good, I don't think But it's, it's sort of interesting that they were able to make this in Russia at the time It doesn't come close to anything else that was being made in other countries But, you know, it, it, it at least uh, is a novelty And if you're a fan of Russian cinema from the silent era It's, it's worth checking out
1: uh, Way, what's also worth checking out is uh, the original Straw Dogs. Now, this film was being remade with uh, James Marsden and the Why Does She Keep Getting Work Kate Bosworth. Oh, and – and,
0: but that remake, that re- – you know who directed that remake? Our good friend, yours and mine. Rod Lurie. That's it.
1: Former member of the LA Film Critics Association.
0: The hell is he thinking?
1: I mean, I mean how many – apart from like the new wave, is he, is he the most successful critic-turned uh, director? I mean, apart from the new wave people.
0: Uh, well, uh, I would say that's probably Bogdanovich.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: Yeah, I'll buy that. Who used to have the Esquire uh, uh, job reviewing for Esquire, and his heir today is, of course, Pete Hammond. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I digress. Anyway, uh, Straw Dogs from 1971. At the time, this was some pretty intense stuff. Sam Peckinpah, who, of course, is one of the uh, great macho, manly, violence-loving Sam Fuller-type directors. and I just love his films, including The Wild Bunch. Uh, He directs a movie starring Dustin Hoffman as a uh, guy who winds up uh, with his wife uh, living in the English countryside. Nice, quiet life. Except, oh, look, there are these horrible, brutal, violent, disgusting people who want to break into his home and... Kill them it's, all. It's
0: the ultimate home invasion robbery movie. It really is. And,
1: you know, Dustin Hoffman may not seem like the, uh, the right fit for oh, this, but the so idea is that Hoffman has to be this nebbishy guy pushed yeah. to the limit. Yeah.
0: And so... I really love this movie. It's, I, and I love it because it's, it's overwrought for its day, but not overwrought by today's standards.
1: I, that's the thing. You know, you, you look at it. It was very controversial for the time. Yeah. You, you know, 1971. Now, it feels like a, another episode of iCarly. <laughs> but there's still some intense stuff. In fact, it's, you know... It, if you looked at the uh, one sheet, if you look at the posters... Yeah. Or the outdoor art for uh, the the new Straw Dogs, it's the same one sheet that they used in 1971. Yeah. Like an extreme close-up of Dustin yeah. Hoffman's uh, Broken broken Eyeglasses. It's
0: great. They do the same thing with
1: uh, James Marsden.
0: Except Marsden is just the wrong casting.
1: Uh, he is. He's not... Uh, so wrong. Not he, It is wrong. He's too handsome. Anyway, there's a bunch of... Um, uh, there was a Criterion version. Was, did Criterion come out with this? Was this a Criterion? They did at one point. I think I actually had the Criterion.
0: Yeah, but they they obviously weren't able to hang on to the uh, the Blu-ray rights.
1: No, because uh this thing has no special features. None. I mean it's it's lame. Well, it's, it's lame. a it's a,
0: it's one of the it's a pump-em-out, you know. We got a we got a few of those uh MGM pump-em-outs. Uh I got some Criterion's to go through here. Oh, oh I know, Mark. But I But I
1: want it. <laughs> Okay,
0: you love this movie. I do, and I love this movie. Uh, we're gonna fight over it. It's uh, this is Lindsay Anderson's if. Now that is if lowercase i f dot 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 four that, dots four dots not three. Why is there not four points dots, of ellipses? There's four because he was a rebel. Lindsay was a rebel man. He just others use three dots. I'm gonna use four. Others use a capital I. I'm gonna use an i. Just a lowercase i. That's lowercase I F Four dots Uh, You know what Lindsay Anderson Was one of the great directors Of the uh, The Angry Young Men period Otherwise known As you know British Kitchen Sink Realism The the British New Wave A lot of things to define it Basically it was A lot of guys in the 1950s Who uh, you know It's a vibrant time In European cinema You got the French New Wave On the the offing You've got Italian Neorealism um, it, it, was a, it was a really interesting period and uh, they, they were the guys who said we're not the same thing that the Italians and the French said which is we're not going to make classical films anymore we're going to make working class films we're going to make uh, stylistically daring films cheap films we're going to do whatever it takes and people have looked at this film when it switches from black and white to color and back again and tried to figure out what Anderson was trying to say you know what he was saying we, we ran out of color film we ran out of money we could only afford black and white film to finish the movie that's what he's saying that's the honest truth and, not... and,
1: and the thing is that this thing wound up winning the Palm d'Or in uh, yeah. the 1969 Cannes Film Festival it's
0: terrific it is absolutely terrific um, this was pre-Clockwork Orange Malcolm uh, McDowell just a few years prior, the movie was made in 1969, playing uh, a kind of a character that could very easily have morphed into Alex. This is it. All takes place in a boarding school in the late 60s, and uh, you know it's all about just that rebel generation, those those sensibilities that defined the 1960s. And they this thing is a, really a remarkable Blu-ray. I mean, it's the black and white is crisp, and the color is crisp, and yet it's gritty at the same time. And a terrific commentary on here with uh, David Robinson and uh, Malcolm McDowell. And McDowell is such a great raconteur. I mean, he's just so good. He, he, uh, he loves
1: doing audio commentaries. He, loves he does doing a comment-
0: lot. Oh, he loves them. And that one time he showed up at our awards, uh, he, when he accepted the award for uh, Altman, wasn't it?
1: I think this was pre mark.
0: yeah. yeah. He accepted the the uh, career achievement award for Altman. Did he? he I think he did, and uh, he, he accepted it for somebody. I'm pretty sure it was Altman. But he was just he was terrific. He was just terrific. It was like wow, what a what a gifted guy.
1: I went to a birthday party where he was there. Really? Yes, I did. It was on the beach in San Diego, and he was there.
0: And you walked up to him and you said, "Willy, willy, willy, willy." Well, I
1: pried his eyes open with uh, with, to- with salad tongs. That's all I had. <laughs>
0: Well, there's a lot of other stuff on here too. There's uh, there's an episode from this Scottish television series called Cast and Crew. Uh, that dates to 2003, which uh, features a lot of people who, were, including Malcolm McDowell, who were sort of uh, who worked on the film. And um, here's an, in, in one of those, oddly enough, you know who it, who, who worked on the film?
1: Um, Wade Major.
0: The director's assistant has gone on to be actually quite a very successful director in his own in his own right. Steven Spielberg. You got the first name right.
1: Stephen Frears?
0: Right on. Yeah. Frears was the director's assistant on this I love film. that. Which is, it's, it's like, wow, now things suddenly make sense. When I watch Stephen Frears' films, I see a little bit of Lindsay Anderson in there now and again. And then there's also the documentary from 1954, Thursday's Children, uh, which, is, um, which was directed by Lindsay Anderson and uh, kind of, in many ways, seems to have... Set the tone for this. Richard Burton narrates it, and it's uh, it's all about a school for deaf children. It's not about a crazy, you know, prep school. But you sort of get uh, you, you sort of get a sense that, that he's he's putting these pieces together. So anyway, it's great. Um, if if it's one of the
1: great, is one British of the great, independent films of all time. You know, one of the great films that just it's just it's satirical and it's clever and it's all about the hypocrisies of the public school system so oh, I think some people who listen to this podcast especially in the, the, the class
0: that. system of the of the UK at the time which oh, yeah. is what all the Angry Young Men films are about And it's level. also more
1: because it's more universal it's more like yeah. you know what society claims to accept in terms of morals and ethics and yep. what they actually how society actually functions which is to say Without morals and ethics.
0: Brilliant, and then other the other two criterions are both foreign language. Uh, well, one's a compilation and one's a single film. This is uh, Jean Cocteau's Orpheus, uh, Orphe, which uh, you know everyone knows the Orpheus myth. Uh, it's it's. Been done and translated into a lot of different cultures and languages, but uh, Jean Cocteau's amazing 1950 uh, black and white version is kind of considered, uh, you know, the the, um, the cinematic poetic equivalent of, or at least the the film version that rises to the level of the tale. And it's a you know it's a great myth and it's beautifully done. It's one of Cocteau's very best. It's right up there with uh, Beauty and the Beast. It is uh, it, you know it has all of that great poetic imagery that just uh, blows your mind. An amazing black and white photography, uh, audio commentary with James S. Williams here, who's a uh, French film scholar, and uh, you know a lot of documentary on here called Jean Cocteau: Autobiography of an Unknown, which is really good, made in 1984. Uh, video interviews, uh, a 16-millimeter film called La Via Santa Sospir from 1951. Uh, really, they, they loaded it up. It's a, it, you know, it's, a, it's a feast for Cocteau fans. And if that's not enough, the complete Jean Vigo. You were making fun of me before the show.
1: I make fun of you before the show, during the show, after the
0: show. You thought this was a movie about Vigo Mortensen. Jean Vigo is one of the great French directors of all time. He died young. He never was able to really have much of a career. He only made four films. And uh, two of them are unbelievably short. And one of them is middle length and one of them is a feature. Uh, Apropos de Nice was made in 1930. It's 23 minutes long. Taras from 1931. Uh, is nine minutes long uh, Zero de Conduite from 1933 is 44 minutes long and then finally 1934 he made his masterpiece La Talente 87 minutes feature length film and then he died and uh, it's just it's so tragic because you look at these four films all of which are on this amazing Blu-ray and you just see this this budding talent uh, certainly one of the great filmmakers of all time and then he's gone and it's so incredibly tragic uh, even more so than uh, Orpheus, this is a tribute to a single man and what he was and what he could have been, and the extras are phenomenal. There's, uh, there's a great conversation on here that was uh, from 1968 between Francois Truffaut and Eric Romer, where they discuss La Talante and its importance. And uh, you, you have to watch this. You've got to watch this. And then there's a, an amazing um, documentary from 2001, uh, called Les Voyages de la Talente where um, film uh, restoration expert Bernard uh, Eisenschitz and I say that with all due respect um, he, he gets right into the history of the film and, and it's extraordinary you, you, just can't, uh, you just can't believe it so um, all, I mean it's a tribute to Vigo and if you have never heard of Vigo you've got to at least rent this preferably own it an unbelievable Blu-ray classic films La Talente and Blu-ray I never thought I'd be saying that That's incredible.
1: Well, you could say it. But
0: it's reality. L'Atalant is is. is on Blu-ray. That's unbelievable. That's historic.
1: Now, before we talk about the thing that we must talk about, I'll talk about this, which will lead us into the thing we must talk about. Okay. You know what I'm
0: talking about. I know what you're talking about.
1: I want that Blu-ray. You're giving it to me. Aren't you, Wade?
0: This one? (laughs) (sighs) This one. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Can I have an Unky
1: Wade?
0: Just hold on You hate that movie Uh, This movie?
1: (laughs) Oh my god that too (laughs) I didn't realize realize we were talking about that Alright we're we're, we're getting far afield All I know is that Wade had better give me one of those movies Because I'm going to kick his
0: ass if he doesn't Yes you can have Genevieve
1: Oh my
0: God! It's all over.
1: All right, um, Brian De Palma, I feel might be in line for a uh, reevaluation someday
0: because oh he, yes, he will be.
1: He, he did do a lot of good films uh, lately. He's kind of lost it, and I really thought that um, uh, Redacted was it. Was he Redacted? Yeah, yeah, the Redacted. I really thought Redacted would be a return nah. to form. It did not like that nah. movie. However, in uh, 1980, he did a film called Dress to Kill, which uh, really helped cement him as sort of a. Uh, Real Hitchcockian, or real, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't want to say ripoff artist, but I because th- I think De Palma would admit that he was very much influenced by Hitchcock and the precise camera movements and the, the visual details and whatnot. I think he would admit that. So let's just say, let's just say that uh, De Palma's career is more homage than ripoff of the master Alfred Hitchcock. But here we have Dressed to Kill with Michael Caine, Anthony, uh, Angie Dickinson, and Nancy Allen. Uh, in the film, uh, Michael Caine plays a therapist, and the women in his life, including some of his patients, are getting killed. And who's doing it? Oh my God! You got to see it to find out. Um, good stuff. This is a good. This is a good Blu-ray. It's an old film. Uh, it looks okay. I mean, it looks better than the DVD ever looked. Uh, there is a making-of documentary, which is totally worth watching. Um, there's an appreciation by Keith Gordon featurette, which is kind of interesting. And uh, it's good stuff. Dress, ki- dress, to kill. A good film from a director who needs to be uh, reevaluated, and um, really kind of he needs his place reestablished.
0: I agree. That's why we're going to talk about another De Palma film oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my gosh! This is so much fun. This is so awesome. And on Blu-ray. I had forgotten how incredible John Alonzo's cinematography really was. I mean, that, that good not Dude, Scarface, Al Pacino, limited edition, Blu-ray and digital copy in a metal freaking case as it should be. That's metal, man, like gun metal. Um, this is just gorgeous. Forget you, the digital you don't copy. Want it. Oh, I so want this. You do, really? I, oh, dude. The Scar- you know how many times I saw Scarface in the theater? Uh, two. Five times five times I was on board before all the rappers adopted this thing I was all about Tony Montana but
1: I wanted so much
0: you call her Roach. it's the best I, I actually kept Uncle both Wade. original DVD releases of this including the original crappy Universal release that had horrendous video transfer on it just because it had, it had a documentary on the film that the, the second release didn't have Wade. and then another one came out and I kept them all and I've just gotten rid of all of them because why, you know why what why do you
1: forsake me <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what? This is great. It's also got the TV version on it, which is useless but kind of funny. Um, and they, they obviously threw it on just for 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 kicks. Uh, you know what? What's on here is the Scarface phenomenon. Uh, look, the movie is amazing. Yes, it's a little cheesy. Yes, the accent is overwrought. But you know what? This the whole movie, thing
1: is overwrought. I mean, th- obviously, that's the, the point. Yes, that's the point. It's overwrought. That's it's the just,
0: idea. Uh, you know, Oliver Stone was trying to sort of reconcile himself to his cocaine habit. He loosely. Uh, adapted the original uh, black and white Scarface with uh, Paul Muni and uh, you know took what was at the time I mean the Muni film is sort of very very loosely uh, inspired by Al Capone and he decided to make this guy a Cuban gangster which uh, is perfect you know he comes in over the, on the boat lift and uh, it, 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 the thing totally works, and gosh, De Palma rocks it. He just rocks it through and through, and Alonzo rocks it. This was such a fun movie. That Giorgio Moroder music, this was like one of the last great Giorgio Moroder scores. You Before, everybody, Giorgio Moroder. before everybody just said, that guy's music is cheesy.
1: Well, this thing is a full-on 7.1 lossless song. Oh,
0: just, it, you know, push it to the limit. Great song, great montage. Great song. And this documentary on the Scarface phenomenon is—it's totally comprehensive because it comes all the way to the present day, where it looks at this film's just bizarre and enduring uh, mythology. You know, it's become more popular now almost than it was at the time. It's—it's it's a fascinating thing. Anyway, tons and tons of additional features that have been on a lot of previous. Uh, uh, releases as well, and it even includes a bonus DVD of the original Scarface, the Paul yeah, Muni film. From 1932. from 1932. That's a DVD, not a Blu-ray. And uh, some collectible art cards, which is sort of a throwaway thing. If you like that kind of thing, whatever.
1: I, I love the fact that they included the 1932 version. I think it's great. Just like they included uh, uh, Magnificent Ambersons in the upcoming Citizen Kane uh, Blu-ray.
0: Absolutely. And uh, as we are getting to uh nine eleven this week, Mark, the commemoration of the 10th anniversary of nine eleven, 11 why don't you tell us the very timely release that we have?
1: Yes. You know, when it was announced that uh, there would be a movie called United 93, directed by Paul Greengrass, uh, a lot of people were very upset because it was too soon. It was too soon for Hollywood to try to make money off of this tragedy, and Paul Greengrass had uh, really taken on a... It was formidable It, was, gutsy. Challenge. it, it was, was very gutsy. Gu- it, was, it
0: was super gutsy.
1: It was gu- You know, some people would say gutsy, some people would say disrespectful, some people would say impossible. But I tell you, this is a good movie. It's I, an he, amazing he really film. It really does it exactly... I mean, can you imagine this movie being done by like anybody else this way? No. I mean, Greengrass really makes this film... This film is just... Matter of fact, it is lean, it is spellbinding, it is never disrespectful, it is almost... It's. It, this is as close to almost a documentary feel as a fictional film will ever get.
0: You know, he did that in in Bloody Sunday a little bit, which is you know about a similar incendiary moment, although it's you know part of Irish history and not really that impactful around the world. But he brought the same style to it, that same urgency. And uh, it's interesting. We were talking about this on um, last Friday's Film Week. I was on uh, NPR with Andy. And uh, there was we did a call-in segment at the end of the show, which was all about movies, sort of about or inspired by 9/11, excluding you know documentaries and everything, excluding anything that sort of pertained to the the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and all of that, because that's that's kind of a different thing. This is all New York centric, and everybody is sort of unanimous that United 93 is far and away the best of the lot, but also that it was you know people thought it was too soon. But it was. It wasn't too soon, and it wasn't too far after. It, it's just that, like I think if United ninety three came out today, it would be too late. Well, because, and so it's not too soon, not so too late. It, it came out at exactly the right time. It and uh, boy, that you know, who knew Zeitgeist? I mean,
1: I mean, it has. There's, there's like there's no score. It's it's, you know? it's tremendous. It, it's it's very. And when you consider, I mean, it's it it's an amazing achievement when you consider what it could have been. Yeah. You when you consider how. True how exploitative or manipulative or melodramatic or disrespectful it could have been it, its not, somehow it's none of that now it looks great on Blu-ray of course you know is this uh, Saturday Night Viewing with the Family it is not
0: and in uh, in line with that, there is a documentary that we should recommend as well called Remembering 9-11. Not really a documentary, more a, a commemoration, uh, a remembrance. And uh, there's going to be a lot of this, and they'll be coming out repeatedly. And television on Sunday is just going to be nonstop, wall-to-wall. Uh, so obviously people are going to get their share of this they're going to get their their fill and it may be too much and i on a certain level you know i'm not sure that uh, that i even want to watch a lot of this but uh this is very well done and if you just want to get something and kind of avoid the rest of television and pop a dvd in that will uh will sort of touch the right emotions without overly exploiting the uh, the 10th anniversary uh this is not a bad one this is pretty good remembering 9-11 a day that united the world Uh, You know, Mark, as long as we're on the subject of Scarface, there's another classic film from the 80s that's been released on Blu-ray. This is a Blu-ray digital copy uh, combo as well. 25th anniversary release, Mark. 25th anniversary release.
1: Why is this suddenly a classic?
0: You know why? Because everything that Jerry Bruckheimer has touched since... Makes this look like a masterpiece. We are, of course, talking about Top Gun, which is uh, one of the films that I now look at and I realize, my gosh, is that going to go down as Tony Scott's best ever film? No, is he's got gonna... better films than that. Well, you know what?
1: I like Crimson Tide. I like Man on... Man on Fire. is great.
0: Man on Fire is a pretty great film, even though there's not a single continuous cut anywhere in that movie. Uh, and, I, and I also like uh, uh, the, the Tarantino thing.
1: Oh, uh, a true, true Romance. romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, too. I, I think Tony Scott, as much as he annoys the crap out of me for all the reasons that he is terrible, yeah. if you really look at all of his films, he's done a bunch of good films, more than you, yeah. would, more than you would think.
0: Yeah. Well, Top Gun, uh, I still, you know, it's funny because I thought this was cheesy at the time. I was an usher at the National Theater when this was released, and uh, it's funny because I later had a film editing seminar with the woman, the, uh, the Oscar winner, who, uh, who did the sound editing on this film. And uh, she, she said, yeah, she told me, she goes, yeah, you know, it was, it, it was played entirely too loud during its entire run at the National. And the studio tried to, uh, you know, get them to tamp it down, but the audience liked it that way. Audience liked it too loud. How so, would they know that? Because somebody came and inspected one day, and she went, she went, and she was like, holy crap, you're playing this too loud. It was, not, it was never designed to be played that loud. Like, what's wrong with you? It was just deafening. And they're like, yeah, the kids like it that way. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I remember this thing just rumbling the theater, making it shake like no other movie we ever played other than Brainstorm. And, uh, you know, what it is Tom Cruise, it's planes and Kelly McGillis when she was still attractive and it's uh, it's Top Gun. You know, it's, it is what it is. Val Kilmer. It's big and
1: metrosexual. Val I think Kilmer. That, uh, hey, huh? Maverick. Hey,
0: Maverick. Hey, Iceman. I, like, honestly, you could not get away with doing that in a movie today. Maverick and Iceman. Seriously? I'll really? Tell
1: you, I'll tell you, too. This this movie also comes at a time when... Uh, I mean, today, if you watch it today. Yeah. Are we in the mood to see a recruiting film about our, you know, brave men <laughs> and women? Who, I mean, I, I, it's, it's so jingoistic, which it's, is fine. Oh, it's gung-ho, as it's, can be. It's gung-ho, which is fine. But, yeah. I, I you know, you have to be... In the mood to either take that seriously I, or take it cheesily.
0: Yeah, I think you can take it cheesily, especially during the uh, the beefcakey uh, slow motion ripped abs volleyball playing scene, which is what was there purely to make women want to go see it. Uh, otherwise, it's a total guy movie. Anyway, there's a commentary here that uh, includes uh, Bruckheimer and Tony Scott and uh, and some naval experts and one of the screenwriters. It's pretty fluffy. And then you got this six-part documentary on the making of the thing and multi-angle storyboards. And it's all completely just fluffy and superfluous. And it really doesn't matter. It's a good-looking Blu-ray. Uh, the, aer-
1: the aerial stuff is good, though. There's the, the aerial stuff, stuff.
0: is great. I, I I almost think the Blu-ray is a little too crisp because it actually you can if you watch a lot of the in cockpit stuff, it suddenly is very clear that is all, those are all processed shots and that it's just a screen behind them on a, on a soundstage. Well, that's
1: a, that that's the problem with Blu-ray sometimes. Yeah. It reveals
0: too it, much. In in this case, it really does. But uh, you know, the audio is just dazzling, fabulous 6.1 DTS-HD. Uh, don't turn it up too loud, though. Give me that. It'll it'll uh, it'll kill you.
1: You know, you 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 know I want this.
0: Yeah, sure you want. Yes, do you, you want this? Uh, you know what, Christy would kill me if I didn't take it home. the The, the ripped abs scene, the whole volleyball playing thing is uh, is. Um,
1: you are killing me. I get uh, nothing.
0: I get nothing. Well, you know, you can. Uh, and share your feelings about that in a moment um, an, a really great overlooked film called Wrecked is, uh, is worth checking out Adrian Brody made this little independent film that got released by IFC Films into maybe 10 theaters it really didn't have much of a run but it's a pretty terrific little movie with a great concept way better than things like Buried uh, with Ryan Reynolds um, basically Adrian Brody's a guy who wakes up in a wrecked car has no idea who he is or how he got there all he knows is there's a bunch of money in the trunk and uh, the story that that uh, the backstory slowly unfolds, and it's really very well done. It's it's uh, it knows when to end the claustrophobia and to kind of crawl out of its uh, out of its own you know colon, and uh, it, it winds up being a pretty smart, tight little movie. But never tries to overplay the gimmick, and uh, you definitely want to check it out. It's on Blu-ray and on DVD. Have not seen the DVD. They only sent us the Blu-ray. It's good, it's solid, but this is not a film that uh, demands to be seen uh, on Blu-ray. I, I, I would assume, just from uh, having seen previous IFC uh, DVD releases, that the Blu-ray and the DVD are fairly comparable.
1: Uh, Wade, now they're going back and they are uh, 3 difying older films. And you know what's funny is that Final Destination, you know, they've made five Final Destination films. You realize that the original came out in 2009. And I Final know. Destination 5 came out in 2011.
0: Isn't that ridiculous?
1: I mean, how could they do that? That's I impossible. Know. I don't know. I mean, it's, like, it's right there on IMDb. I know. And the, the thing with the original Final Destination is that I, I think that of all the, of all the hooks for a, you know, a teen horror film, I think this is one of the better ones.
0: Oh, yeah. Far You know, away. This,
1: uh, you, this, this kid has a premonition of, 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 of his death at, at, a, at a race car rally. And, of course, he winds up saving the life of all his buddies. So he cheats death, but now death is out to get them. Right. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, does this need to be in 3D? Oh, no.
0: I don't think anything needs to be in 3D. Now,
1: the only thing with uh, Final Destination 3D is that uh, this DVD does or Blu-ray does include the 2D version. So you get the 2D version, and you get the 3D version, and, of course, on the back it does say, to watch the 3D version of this movie, you need a 3D TV plus compatible 3D glasses plus a Blu-ray 3D player plus high-speed home cable.
0: I now, but it, if it has the 2D version, does it also have the uh, the Blair and the Joe versions?
1: I know I said that too fast, and and and, and uh, 2D became 2D.
0: Thank you. I don't. I was able to make a fax of life joke.
1: Yes. I, I mean I don't mind the original Final Destination just because I think it's a good hook for a a them. teen film, but the rest are terrible.
0: Uh, you know, a little overlooked indie film, which it's just. I'm glad Will Ferrell keeps doing these, although I don't know why people don't market them better. Uh, he's freaking Will Ferrell for crying out loud! I mean, come on, Lionsgate, put a little money into this stuff. Uh, Everything must go. Uh, was a little film that Lionsgate released, and it's actually quite smart. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I wish I understood why they didn't choose to make a bigger deal out of it. It's, uh, this is based on a, a story by Raymond Carver. And uh, it, you know, basically, it's a simple thing. You know, his life is falling apart, and he, the, he decides to just have a, a garage sale, a, a lawn sale of, of all of his stuff. And uh, it's a smart, wicked little comedy, uh, very well done, very provocative, written and directed by Dan Rush, who's got a great career ahead of him. And uh, I, I thought it was, it was wonderful. Uh, I just don't know Did why. Did you like
1: this film? I, I don't know if I – you know what? I think part of my problem actually is, is Will Ferrell. You, know, uh, you, you I, know
0: what? But who else would have done that part? Who would have brought the right mix of semi-seriousness and levity? Because it needs to to, to be kept a little bit light. Because otherwise, this is a very depressing movie.
1: No, it is. But I I think that the thing is that when you cast him in the film, unless he really nails it and really surprises you with his ability to kind of make you feel for this character who's lost everything, you're going to go to that place when you see Will Ferrell. When you see Will Ferrell, you just go to that place. True. So he's got to really surprise you. And I don't know that he has the depth now. To really sell that film
0: Maybe not But it, it I certainly enjoyed it I certainly enjoyed it uh, Hannah Is uh, a, a, Kind of a Wannabe From Nikita And uh, You know what I wish Joe Wright Would just not do this uh, Joe Wright of course Is a great British director Who did Two very fine period films In a row uh, He did uh, 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 Pride and Prejudice ter- And then
1: he did the, uh, the one with the big Long tracking shot uh, it, it, I forgot it, the name of it
0: Yeah Atonement <laughs> yes Pride and Prejudice and Atonement great films both of them terrific uh, you know really solid very nicely done very creative and then for some just bizarre reason he turned around and he made one of the great abortions in recent years which was the uh, the, the, the friggin Jamie Foxx cello playing uh, yeah that was
1: that was, uh, that was um, yeah the, what the, was the one called? based on the, uh, based on the uh, LA Times columnist yeah
0: Lopez Lopez Yeah, yeah yeah what was that thing called
1: it was. Called, I think it was called Star Wars.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, anyway, Joe Wright n- should not make things that are not period films. I, I get it. This is a, this is an interesting little uh, the kind soloist of, the soloist. Thank you. A little interesting little suspense thriller, a thing uh, with Shorsha Ronan as well. Let's say a Fum Nikita type assassin in training, uh, who has been raised by her father Eric Bana to seek revenge and I won't tell you anything more but the whole thing really is kind of it's a little bit overwrought and it's a little bit well, it's more than a little bit unbelievable. I mean, there are moments in here where you just say, you know what, I don't care. She could be the greatest assassin in history. She's, there's no human being on the planet that is physically capable of pulling off what she's pulling off right now. It's just, you, she might as well be Superman. It just gets, it really stretches credibility at points that made the whole thing somewhat less than enjoyable for me. Uh, Kate Blanchett is, overplays it completely, and I love Kate Blanchett, but this is just overacting to an annoying degree. Uh, Saoirse Ronan is fine, Eric Bond is fine, but uh, you know, we we got it on DVD and on Blu-ray. I, I will I will give props. Blu-ray is beautiful, it's gorgeous. Uh, Universal makes a lot of crappy Blu-rays, but like Fox, they really seem to uh, go to town with the films that matter. I wish they'd you know treat some of the older ones like they matter. Um, commentary by Joe Wright was interesting. I, I I don't get the sense, despite his best efforts, that really his heart was in it. And I, again, we're you know we just saw Contagion, and I kind of feel the same way about. Uh, about Soderbergh in that film you know his head was in it but his heart wasn't so you know whatever I'd like and Joe Wright wants to clearly have a bigger career but I don't think this is the way to do it I agree Wade oh let's see uh what else do we just hold on we'll uh, we we got a few more movies to get out of here and then we're gonna try and knock through a few television things um in fact you know what Mark, why don't, we, uh, why don't we just jump into some television and, and uh, I got one more foreign film and then we can do some TV. Does that sound good to you?
1: I, 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 wait, I, I just work here. Okay. You grab, you grab you show, you tell, and I will talk. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Uh,
0: the last film I want to uh, give a big plug to here is uh, Incendie, which is a, the Academy Award nominee from Canada this last year. Now, of course, the award went to the uh, Danish film uh, A Better World, the uh, Susanna Bier film. I honestly, as much as I love that film, this is the film that should have won. Uh, the director, Denis Villeneuve, is really extraordinary, and he has finally completely hit his stride here. He made a film called Maelstrom some years ago that I was a big fan of, nobody else heard of. But uh, this completely knocks it out of the park. This is uh, based on a play, but really loosely based. He, Villeneuve really just completely reconceptualized the play and made a movie that stands on its own. This is uh, an amazing story, about a family torn apart by what appears to be the uh, Lebanese Civil War in Beirut. And um, it's really incredible where it goes. I, I, I will tell you nothing other than the fact that when this film finally wraps around and pl- shows all of its cards, you're just going to sit there and you're going to gasp. It is, it is so unbelievably phenomenal so well directed you will cry you will gasp your stomach will turn and at the same time you will feel exhilarated this pushes every button a human being can have incredible commentary by Villeneuve do not listen to it until you've seen the film because there's a lot of spoilers in it and uh, this is one of the great films of the last 10 years I can't say enough about it Incendies I-N-C-E-N-D-I-E-S brilliant
1: Oh, you know what else is uh, brilliant, or so some say, is a House. And now we have House Season 7. This show just keeps rolling along, created by David Shore and uh, Paul Adanasio. And, uh, you know, this show would be nothing without Hugh Laurie, who does a, has a great American accent. And, of course, uh, many people don't even realize that Hugh Laurie was a comedian in his early career. Was he really? Yes. I didn't he, know that. He had a partner named uh, Robin Williams. What? Hugh Laurie. Yeah, he was partners with Robin Williams. It was a. They were a huge hit in uh, in, in in the UK for years.
0: With Robin Williams? You're, 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 no, that's but that's like weird. That's that's a non sequitur joke. I don't even expect out of you. I'm like, where's uh, the? Okay, fine, carry on.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. He but he he was a huge comic in the uh, 70s and 80s, and now of course people don't even realize the guy's like English. But uh, he's terrific in House. It's lasted seven seasons. Doesn't seem to be um, uh, slowing down. Because really it's just one of those – it's a weird show because you get the typical iconoclastic uh, doctor who clashes with everybody and everybody hates him. But yet you've you've got this real procedural sense that people really groove to. So it's a great combination of unique, interesting character who you love to hate and every every week is a mystery as what's wrong with this particular person. They've had a lot of great guest stars over the years, and uh, Season 7 is a different, and it uh, looks good on Blu-ray. It really does, but it is available on DVD as well.
0: Uh, you know, Two and a Half Men, uh, the eighth season is now on uh, DVD. I find the show very funny, but i got to tell you, the, uh, the the older Jake gets, the less funny this show is. Uh, Jake just uh, he amuses me when he's a nasty young kid, but once he's a teenager and he's like... You know, dating girls and whatnot, it, uh, it, 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 it doesn't work as well for me. Uh, a few funny episodes on here, uh, you know, some mostly involving Rose, frankly. Uh, once the kid's not funny, all you got is Rose. That's the eighth season. What are you looking at?
1: I'm seeing what other movies are out
0: <laughs> okay. in the world. Uh, And then we also have the uh, first season of Sigmund and the Sea Monsters with uh, Johnny Whitaker and that flaming head of hair. This is one of the Sid and Marty Croft shows from the 70s that I just can't stand. Never enjoyed this one. I was always much more into, you know, far out space nuts and that kind of junk. But segment of the sea monsters, I guess, still has something of a following. Uh, the, the the sea monster itself was just horrendous. And uh, speaking of horrendous, look at that snaggletooth that the the sea monster has. Awesome. Okay, D- what the hell was with the with the, with the tooth that uh, in in Contagion that uh, you Jude know the Jude Law had? What I was love it? that because because it. Cause it, it it, I, all it, I couldn't stop looking at the tooth.
1: Well, because it, it makes him much more of like this crazy, kooky guy. It's part of the... Cra- I guarantee you that Jude Law went to Steven Soderbergh and said, I want a gap tooth. It's going to make me kooky. It's going to get me to that kooky space. And Soderbergh <laughs> said, fine.
0: Oh, man. Don't you think? Yeah, but I, but I hate... There's nothing I hate more. The Pet peeve here, just so everyone knows. One of Wade's pet peeves is when actors who are very recognizable use prosthetic teeth to try and somehow... Like, make their character different. It was one of the problems I had with the Devil's Double. Did you see the Devil's Double? I did not. Okay, well, that was one of the problems is that when he's, you know, he's, he's the two guys, right? He's, uh, you know, he's uh, Uday Hussein and, uh, and, and, you know, the guy who's his double. But Uday has, like, these, these screwed up teeth, so he puts the prosthetic teeth in. I, I, it drives me crazy.
1: So when Nicole Kidman put on that phony nose for the hours?
0: The nose is different. Teeth bug me. Noses don't quite bug me so much. Anyway.
1: You're out of your mind. Somehow Parks and Recreation has lasted three seasons. That's bizarre to me. I, yeah. You know, with the show, I think NBC is hoping it becomes like an office thing where slowly, ever so slowly, it starts to get that 30 Rock respect that yeah. it didn't have for the first couple seasons. But look, this season three, it, it, it finished airing in May. And already they, got the, uh, the, uh, they have the DVD out. Jeez. It's not a Blu ray. Well, it's a DVD. Now, NBC's pretty smart. They uh, threw this thing out there with three extended episodes. Deleted scene, gag reels, Amy Poehler. I, I, you know, it's got some clever moments, but uh, I just think this, it just sort of limps along for me. It's just, it's not that great.
0: I uh, am inclined to agree. And then we also have the third season of Fringe, which, frankly, I'm just blown away that this show lasted this long. This is another one of the, uh, you know, JJ touches everything and it turns to gold, it seems. Not everything, but certainly a few things. Uh, piles of extras on here, and uh, you know what? It's it, it's the X Files all over again, basically. I don't know. It, uh, it, it the mystery is kind of gone in this season, and I just I, I guess there's a big fan following, but I don't quite get it. it it's not that good of a show. It's not that well written. It's not that exhilarating. It's not that. It doesn't have the X Files thing. It doesn't even have the the the, the Night Stalker thing. It just. Uh, but whatever. Twenty two episodes, and yeah, the Blu Ray looks absolutely gorgeous, spectacular. So what can you say? I'm not a fan, but it's uh, at least, you know, it's one of those new shows that does everything that it can with the high def format. With that, I think we've run out of time. Mark, we're going to have a plenty uh, we're going to have plenty to talk about next week as well. We got uh, a lot of TV, a lot of oh my gosh, next week. I got to call you and tell you some of the stuff.
1: Hang on for a second. It just came. We have to remind people yes that they're going to send us an audio file yes of their Listener mail questions. Yes. To gods at digigods.com. Don't email us anymore. We want to try something.
0: Yeah. To well, see
1: whether you guys will l- latch on to this concept and,
0: But email us, you know, text openings, new openings. We need new openings. gods at digigods.com. So
1: basically, do all of our work for us. That's what yes, we're saying. Yes,
0: of course.